Hello, and welcome back to It's Symbolic, your best place for finding out all about that cult media you may have missed. I'm Jacob Savage. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. I'm, we're recording this right, uh, like, immediately after the um, DuckTales panel at SDCC <laughs> happened, and I'm super excited, so I might be on the verge of losing my voice from kind of trying not to scream out loud for the past hour. <laughs> you weren't at the panel. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I mean, to be I'm... fair, I'm also constantly on the verge of losing my voice, but that's more due to general poor life choices. <laughs> but oh my god. We got three caballeros. We got uh, John Rockerduck. We got Feathery. We got so much. I... So much that... People. I hope you realize that most people that don't know you in person don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> most it, people it's that something know me, you've grown accustomed to. Most people that know me in real life don't know about these characters either, so I just have to scream alone into the void or on <laughs> my like Discord channel and stuff. All right. Well, oh, that's what that's what this is here for. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Speaking of screaming a load into the void, that may as well be as good a segue as any for our topic for this episode. We're going to be yeah, we take what we can get. Yep. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the 1999 CGI anime Gregory Horror Show. What am I doing walking through this forest? I remember taking the last train to the station, and then I started walking home. Where... where am I now? Ben, I know you were familiar with this, because I was talking with you. We've been trying to get our hands on the video game yeah, that was released for kind like... Of yeah, exactly. Familiar Six is kind years. of a stretch because I basically only knew it through the PS2 game. Just sort of like, oh, this is weird, like Capcom developed Curiosity that only released in Europe and Japan, and it sounds kind of neat. And it wasn't until until later that I realized it was based on a show. Uh, but I knew very little about the show. I'd seen some of the game, but that's about it. Mir, did you know this one at all? Um, I have, like, I did know of it, and I had watched like, the first few episodes many, many years ago. I actually don't remember how I first heard about it or first, like, saw those episodes. I may have told you about it, actually. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, you might have. I feel like... I feel like this may have been as far back as, like, high school. It was a long time ago. Yeah, that's when I found it. And you didn't tell me. <laughs> I told you. That's how we started talking about how the hell do we play the game. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Gregory Horror Show is created by Naomi Iwata, who I can't really find too much information about. Yeah, she doesn't have her own uh, Wikipedia page. Yeah, this was his first show, and he has apparently done children's books as well, but I don't know if this was at the same time. I can't find too much else that he's worked on. This is his first IMDb credit. Whoops, I probably should have looked that up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, there is a lot of info that's 
Only in Japanese, a language that I do not speak. So, <laughs> Whoops. If only there was one of us that could handle that. Mm. What a shame. Yeah. Your performance evaluation is coming up. Uh, <laughs> well, this is my punishment, so you really can't get any... Da- you can't go any lower. <laughs> you must be dead tired. What? You want to know if I can see that in your face? No. No, my friend. What I see in your face is not a desire for sleep. It's a desire for death. The two Gregory Horror Show is an enigma in how to describe, really. It is late 90s CGI, so it's very stylized. It's cubist. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's literally every character is made out of cubes. There's very little, if any, changing of facial expressions or body language. And each episode is only about two minutes long. As far as I can tell, it's probably the sort of thing that aired in between shows, or short bumpers or whatever. Oh, I was going to ask where and how it actually aired, because definitely doesn't seem like your conventional uh, thing that takes up a 30-minute block or whatever. Yeah, it aired on the network TV Asahi. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I can't find too much information about that. It's a public station, but, you know, it's something that I'm sure happened. I mean, it's the sort of thing you get occasionally nowadays with, say, the Sanrio shorts that you see pop up now and then. But, yeah, fair enough. Yes, the show itself is about a hotel where every season tells a different story, so we may as well start at the beginning, shouldn't we? Question. Yes? How similar is this show to uh, classic Disney Channel sitcom The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Uh, Very different. Very similar. Very similar. Everything's a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) anything that Cole Sprouse is involved in. Wow. What do you you have out for Cole for? Oh, is this a a Riverdale thing? (laughs) I just threw one I of gotcha. their names out at gotcha. random. You don't need to read an agenda into everything that I do. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I think and I again, know where you're coming from. And here. again, isn't Cole Sprouse also the one that said a lot of terrible things on Tumblr and then claimed it was a social experiment? Yeah. I don't remember, but I know that Dylan Sprouse is a melee player, so I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a room? I'm so sorry. I probably shouldn't scare people like that. (laughs) The first season, which is actually apparently retroactively known as The Nightmare Begins, is about a businessman who arrives at the hotel, has no idea how he gets there. They're taking a train home from work, and immediately gets set up in the hotel by the caretaker Gregory, who is this old mouse voiced by... Chafurin in Japanese. Oh boy. And De Petit in English. I'm not going to name them off for every character. I'm not going to going to go case by case, but. I wanted to hear your attempts at all the Japanese names. You'll want to keep this closed, my friend. And if you must open that, be prepared for the consequences. Ah, you've decided not to. I think that's a wise choice. (laughs) As each episode progresses, you see the main character, the whole series is shot in second-person perspective, so you don't 
Man, I'm a dumbass. The whole series is shot in first person perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Got on the second shot. <laughs> so you never actually see the guest himself, but every episode you get to see his sense of individuality and sanity slowly slipping away, usually through an encounter with an odd character that more often than not only shows up for one episode and is never seen again. <laughs> That's just how it is at, at the horror show. My yeah. Go on. Give the young thing a hug. I'm certain it would make her feel better. My I mean, I'm sure that you can name off a few instances. We all watched this together, so... Well, we watched the first two seasons. Yes, admittedly, Mir, you were not sober when we watched this, which oh I am yeah. assuming <laughs> was... I was not informed of this. An interesting... Are you sober now? She only told me after for... the fact. I was sober for some of it. Oh my god. <laughs> But I, I'm sure that is watching this... going to be this, a recurring thing now? I'm sure that watching this under the influence is... How long, how long has this been going on? <laughs> I mean, I only, like... I mean, don't do drugs, this just, kids. This is just... <laughs> this is a totally different angle on our movie nights now. <laughs> I mean, I've only done it like that once. <laughs> it was a special occasion, I see. Yeah, it was yeah. my birthday. So. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You Don't do drugs, kids, unless it's your birthday. Yep. <laughs> exactly. There's old enough that she can make her own choices, ruin her own life if she wants. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Oh, mister, it really hurts. I can't stand up anymore. I bet I'm sicker than you. Since it's a very slapdash show, I guess some of the more iconic characters that you see, aside from... Gregory are Neko Zombie, a cat that has been apparently mutilated and horribly stitched up that is locked in the adjacent room. Are you scared of the way I look? Or does it just make you feel sorry for me? Is that it? I look just like your heart right now. There's Catherine. A lizard nurse that carries around a giant needle and goes on about drawing blood from patients, making everyone uncomfortable in the process. <laughs> Did you mention it was extremely horny? Horny lizard nurse. Oh, yes. So, Very horny. Do you see this great, big, lovely needle? Uh-huh. I know it looks shiny, but it's really very dull, and I'm going to pierce it into your red, juicy vein. <laughs> yes, now it's time for you to give me your blood. Don't worry, I promise it won't hurt a bit. <laughs> There's Hell Chef, a giant candle man who gets very violent whenever anything that opposes his cooking is brought up. Cigarettes are the enemies of cuisine! I hate Puff Puff! No smoking! And then there's the tertiary most important character in the first season, Judgment Boy. (laughs) Judgment Boy! Judgment Boy! (laughs) They call me 
Judgment Boy. Do you know who I am? They call me Judgment Boy. Do you know who I am? They call me Judgment Boy. Do you know who I am? They call me Judgment Boy. I, I feel like... <laughs> that was like, other than Gregory, that was like the only character that I could remember from <laughs> when I watched it the first time. I think that's mostly a you prop uh, yeah. for the first time. I thought you were talking about when you were drunk. <laughs> Actually, I was high. <laughs> it's like, oh, my bad. Uh, Judgment Boy is this weird scale that goes around the hotel singing, for one thing, and giving out hypothetical situations to whoever comes by. I have to say that the name being Judgment Boy seems like a bit of a misnomer, because there's not he doesn't possess a whole lot in the way of boyish qualities, you know? Oh, yeah. He's judgmental, though. He is judgmental. Yes. You're a businessman. Today you will sign a major contract that will change your life. But your girlfriend, who you love, has just been hit by a car. If you go to the hospital, you'll lose that contract. Now, which will you choose? Muir, it is your birthday. And we are holding a stream for which to discuss (laughs) our upcoming (laughs) podcast. What do you do? This is just, we're not going to let this go anymore, huh? Yeah. You say that you're going to be observant (laughs) for the purposes of the ensuing conversation, but you get crossfaded and ruin everyone's (laughs) lives in the process, and your mother dies from a heroin overdose. (laughs) It was your choice, and now you have to live with it. This is going to be a really fun bit for people who haven't seen the show. God, that's the... What the fuck are they talking about? That's the whole thing. Like, I... I see. You say you choose to visit your girlfriend in the hospital. Is that so? Well, I say we should consult the balance of truth. If you try to weigh your money against your love, there is no doubt your heart will start to sway. If you try to weigh your love against your money, your heart will start to break. Judgment now! It's implied that these judgments are actually recollections from the guest's life, but they're all very intense and go off the rails yeah. Yeah. very quickly. Like, you broke up with your boyfriend, and then he developed a drinking problem. You blamed your friend <laughs> for you. breaking a vase, and then he was so ashamed that he dropped out of school, and now he's a failure in life. You chose the contract. And in the meantime, your girlfriend dies alone in her hospital bed. It was your choice. You get to live with it. Do you know who I am? They call me Judgment Boy. Look, Judgment Boy just has an affinity for the theatrics. You can't really hold him to that. True, and and there's like five of them. There's a lot of them. And yeah. There's uh, Judgment Boy Gold, is it? Yes. <laughs> God, beautiful. I am judgment, judgment. Some coffee or some tea. Which one's it going to be? Your wife or your mother-in-law? Whose side do you take? If you had to choose, would you steal food or money? If both mom and dad are drowning, which one will you save? Do you know who I am? Judgment. As the season progresses, it becomes clear that the hotel is, in a sense, purgatory and a means of taking the souls of its guests for the benefit of Gregory's mother, who apparently uses them to become beautiful through some unspecified process. You see, Gregory, 
These are souls unable to part with reality. They are my secret to staying young. Hmm, hmm, that hits the spot. I wonder how young I'll look when I feast on his soul. <laughs> I thought she just ate him. Yeah, not, not specified. She just freaking snorts one at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I was kind of hoping she would just slurp him up. <laughs> that is a visceral image that I do not want in my head. Just, just gonna take a sip. This, you know, old horrible mouse woman. <laughs> yeah, and the souls have like wiggly tails and everything. It'd be good to slurp. God, you're giving furry hell a whole new meaning. That's <laughs> what I do. Mama, <laughs> I hope you understand the full implications of what you've done, letting him escape. What have you got between those big ears of yours? Please stop it, Mama. I get it. Then leave before you really get it. You're absolutely hopeless. So this particular guest, the issues seem to arise from being a workaholic, which is sort of an epidemic in Japan, isn't it? I know it was a while yeah. back, at least. I don't know if it's I have still that mentality. I have a lot to say about... I mean, I, I, I don't want to go into that yet. I want to get... When, when we discuss the uh, overarching meaning and themes later, I can get into that for you, because I know, I know what this is about. Oh, okay. Little teaser, so it is. We're just going to leave us hanging. Yeah, I got to keep them listening. <laughs> All right. You need, to, you need to learn the art of working your audience, Jacob. Mm. But eventually, the guest does escape, but ends up finding his life that he has returned to so empty that he comes back to the hotel. All you lost souls, go ahead and take a good look at yourselves. See your sad faces as you drift mindlessly through your bland reality. And it's implied that he becomes one of the recurring characters within the rest of the series a salary man well, obsessed with work briefly i think we only saw, i only remember seeing him once in the second season he reappears in the other seasons oh, okay I'm late, for work. I'm late for work hey here's my business card madam here's my business card sir i'm late for work i'm late for work i'm late for uh, work I'm the late second work. one this called the second guest aptly enough is a similar setup, only this time the guest is a woman who has returned from a wedding between her best friend and her ex. And this is already a lot better, because this girl is a lot more proactive than the last guest. <laughs> yeah. At one point, he has to legitimately, essentially be forced through the door to leave. Oh, I'm disappointed. I was hoping you had escaped by now. This is the last time. What do you say? Will you open it or not? And while at one point during the second season, this woman picks up an axe and goes after Gregory with it. <laughs> it was a beautiful it's, moment. It's good. She was so good. <laughs> I take it you're pretty angry about this. The other primary character introduced during this part is James. Jimmy. <laughs> That's probably the nickname he would go by. <laughs> Gregory's grandson, who is a small, terrible child, and I don't know, would... Live action James, played by Cole Sprouse. <laughs> See, it, it all comes back around. Finally. I there, knew that I was leading up to something. There, there we go. I... Hey, what's the matter, lady? Uh, 
Oh, you want me to check to see if there's anyone in that room? Just a sec. Hmm? Oh. There's no one in there, lady. I swear. Anyways, I was going to make a Scrappy-Doo joke, but uh, that works too, I, I mean, guess. You could make a Scrappy-Doo argument. I feel like he's more like the Huey, Dewey, Louie. The... You think so? Oh, a little. Yeah, like the nephew like, yeah, that they give. something that you can't toss around. If you put Huey, Dewey, and Louie and mushed them together into one character. Yeah, Jacob, you can't toss around those comparisons lightly when you have an expert on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's oh. their uh, mysterious phantom brother, Fooey Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if this is being made up or not. I'm not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. The brother's name is actually Gluey. Okay, to explain that reference real quick, Fooey Duck is oh what Fooey Duck is what happens when uh, a, a panel error, basically, where like you accidentally have drawn four brothers instead of three. Like in one panel, you have two brothers standing one in one place and one in the other, or something, and then you in another, there's three standing there, so you end up. So it's just like that episode of the Persona 4 anime where there's two Chies. <laughs> I think we need to make this a recurring segment at this point, where just there's some duck-based education every episode. I can do that. <laughs> I literally can do that. <laughs> the Duck Hour with Mir Kira. <laughs> yep. Hey, cool. I want to try. I want to try. Please, I want to play. <laughs> Stop it, James. Give that back to me right now. It's not a toy, you little brat. No way, lizard brat. Where was I? Talking about James. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know. James gave me the impression of just, like, all of the nephews that they gave cartoon characters so that they would have this little hellion to act up on while at the same time avoiding the implication that Mickey Mouse was sexually active. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never thought about it from that angle, but sure. Oh, that is literally why it was done. <laughs> well, I mean, I had never heard that before, and I don't know why you decided that I needed to know. <laughs> there are some things that you just have to learn at some point in your life, Benjamin. <sighs> Apparently. I'm really sorry about yesterday, lady. I want to give you this. Go ahead and take it, my dear. My grandson would like you to have it. As I said, the whole series, again, kind of disjointed in a deliberately disorienting fashion. The last few episodes focus around the escape attempt, wherein NekoZombie lights the entire hotel on fire. Feel the burning deep inside your heart. If you truly want to destroy this world, come here. Step into the flames. Don't do it, my dear! The end result, the hotel burns to the ground, naturally, as buildings are wont to do when a fire is lit inside of them. But turns out that the guest decides she can't go back, and it is implied that she becomes a member of Gregory's family. The hotel rebuilds yeah, itself. No, we're a family. There's nowhere for you to run. What burned up in flames was your own reality. What turned to ashes was your heart. Come on, 
Why don't you just face it, my dear? You're finally one of us now. So please, let's hurry up and get ready. And we never see that guest again. Never touched on the rest of the series. What happens the rest of the series? I thought there were more seasons than that. Is there anything else you want me to ask? <laughs> I, I don't even know what you're doing. I'm trying to set you up here, man. Well, the third season is a little different. The third season, called The Last Train, is about Gregory on a train. This time, he's the protagonist, and he's actually, oddly, a lot more sympathetic than he was in the previous ones. A lot of the guests are seen. It's implied, in a sense, that this is a prequel, where he is meeting them for the first time. He actually goes out of his way to help a number of them. My dolly's gone! Oh, I see. You lost your little doll. Looks like she must have been very important to you. Don't worry. You and I are gonna go look for her right now. So stop crying, okay? Okay. Ah, I guess, could it just, just be totally disconnected, too? Like, just an alternate universe thing? Well, we'll get into that, because... Oh, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead again. It's hinted that Gregory is running away and has to return to Gregory House, the hotel. But Uh... eventually he takes control of the train in a sense. The train's a sentient being that cooperates with him. You say you don't want to lead the passengers to the depths of despair? Well, then I say don't do it. Why should you let somebody else decide your destination? There's only one direction, the future. Don't hesitate, proceed straight ahead. He goes to, I believe he calls it the lost zone, where he's trying to set out and find his own destiny. You've stooped to a whole new low. You're nothing more than a mouse talking nonsense. You don't belong here. Why don't you go back to your sewer? It's implied that a lot of the trauma he goes through, because some of it's pretty similar to what happens to the first two guests, a lot of it comes from the abuse from his mother and his lack of desire to return to this role that he has in the hotel. You're such an embarrassment. What do you have to say for yourself, Gregory? What? What have you got stuffed in that big head of yours anyway? Please stop it, Mama. You are a poor excuse for a son. How could you say that to me, Mama? Mama. Is he dreaming my dream? Oh, please not that, Mama. But ultimately, he fails. And the last episode doesn't really make any sense. Because it is revealed that the train is a toy that is in the hotel. Uh, but he's also in the train? I, I don't know. I've, I've seen theories that he imagined himself on the train while considering running off and just leaving. But huh. okay. ultimately he returns to his post in a sense. So it's like the show that ended with a autistic child looking into a snow globe. I forget the title. St. Elsewhere. Did neither of you get that reference? I I told you the name. It's St. Elsewhere. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, it's like... I have no idea. I take it back. I said it too. I said it before Jacob, though, but it cut out, and you didn't hear me. Uh, In a sense, it is kind of like that, only instead of 
an autistic child staring at a snow globe. It is like a 60-year-old man playing with a train. <laughs> He's a mouse. <laughs> now leaving reality, destination, the lost world. The train will be departing any minute. Woo-woo! The fourth season, which was actually released on the DVDs as a side series, is called The Bloody Cart, which is 12 cases about the character of Catherine, who we discussed briefly, working within a hospital, possibly within the hotel, and trying to find like true love. Character choice for your spinoff series. Like, I don't... Yeah. I didn't know she was that popular. She isn't, really. Like, yeah. Hell Chef and Judgment Boy are the two fan favorites. Mm, with good reason. I, I don't know. Do you want a whole Judgment Boy series? Uh, do you really need to ask? <laughs> uh. You have just reached a crossroad in life. Should you be going to the left, or should you be going to the right? Although the track has already been laid, you cannot help but hesitate when you learn that the passenger's fate depends on your yeah, decision. Yeah, the fourth season... It's a lot more comic than the others, wherein pretty much every episode is the same way. Catherine yearns for love and comes across a character, but then they disappoint her, so she kills them. Stop it! Catherine! Forgive me, Doctor. I can't stop myself! It'd be like that sometimes. In, in the end, it's implied that she's working on her career as much as for love and still waiting for mr right which is sort of ironic given that she shows the most chemistry with the only other girl in the miniseries <sighs> time sure moves quickly doesn't it doctor it sure does let's see i wonder how long it's been if you like that too yeah i'll i'll admit i didn't find this one as interesting as the other three the third season despite its differences is actually probably my favorite oh thanks for not showing us that then. i i didn't Watch it until after I showed it to you. You you told me you would watch it. You expect me to do everything for you? I can't be trusted. <laughs> I've watched... Clearly. I watched most of it, but then I got distracted by DuckTales' panel. So you were doing it right before... Well, I I had watched it last night and got, like, midway through, and then... Went, That's cramming. Went to sleep. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I've gotten through this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was... Around this point, the show ran in Japan from 1999 to 2003. Around the time of the end of that, they released the video game. Produced by Capcom. Released, as we said, only in Japan and Europe. Oh, that reminds me. So, since it was released in Europe, and this show has a dub, did it air anywhere outside of Japan? How was this yes. dub released? I, I don't know how the dub was released. Pop? Probably through DVD. It was licensed in the U.S. by Genion, which is now NBC Universal Entertainment. All I really know is that the voice cast was Canadian. Huh. <laughs> I wonder why they decided to release the game in Europe then, because it doesn't sound like it would have been available in Europe at that point. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if the timing differed, really. Uh, I think... Yeah, I don't know. That's really weird. <laughs> the game is equal parts survival horror and stealth. 
wherein the player character becomes a guest at the hotel and is told on their first night by Death, who's a recurring figure in the series, and for some reason in the game has a Brooklyn accent. Come on now, throw away all them worries. Forget about them. I can tell you ain't from around these parts. Hey, what's the deal, bud? Are you lost or something? Well, I mean, if I had to guess what death sounded like, that's pretty much, you know, as good a guess as any. <laughs> yeah, but... I was gonna do a funny Brooklyn voice joke where he says, like, I'm, I'm reaping here, or something. <laughs> hey! I don't really think I have the performance to carry that out, so if one of you wants to give it a shake. No takers? Uh, forget oh, about it. I'm raping you. Yeah. I got all these fucking souls. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Thank you. I feel better now. Uh, yeah, you're told by death that you have to collect the souls of the other guests, who are primarily the characters that show up within the first season of the show. You... Oh yeah, I guess James isn't in it, huh? James is in it. Wait, no, isn't the uh, the cactus girl, isn't she only in the second yeah. season? If you wish to save this man, date my big brother. My dear, please save me. I cannot believe how you two hurt my brother. Like I said, it's mostly, it's stuff like the ah, character okay. of Angel Dog and Devil Dog, who were only in... The first season. But I didn't let him escape. I'm just guiding him. And where I guide him? All depends on my mood that day. <laughs> In turn, you have to sneak around the hospital and steal everyone's souls. And despite the similarities to the first season, it actually ends much like the second one, wherein Nekazombie just sets the entire place on fire. You escape. You return. He loves to do that. I know. Someone needs to keep that cat away from matches. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Entrust your body to the suffering of the flames. Burn away all your doubts. The flames don't doubt. They have no hesitation. Come on. Into the fire. Are you... God, I have been trying to find this game for ages, given that it actually does have a pretty good response. Metacritic gives it an average of, like, 73 well, to be fair, a lot of that time you were trying to play it was uh, after I had said I would get it and we would play it, but I never did. Yeah, so whose fault is so, it? So, uh, whoops. Uh, your fault for trusting me. This world comes from inside of you. It lives off the doubt you carry in your heart. You created it. Oddly enough, this actually got a manga in 2007, published in its full in 2008, wherein, one, it's really freaking weird to see everyone with different expressions, but the story's a bit- Are they at least- hmm? Are they still boxy at least? They are not. You, you can't make characters out of boxes anymore. Notch will find you and kill you. That's so true. That's so true. He, he loves to do that. Yeah. When he's not just sitting in his mansion by himself sad, <laughs> he he does take hits on people who threaten his IP. His former IP, excuse me. He's still very protective of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the manga actually concerns the guest who 
is a neat. Hmm. I wonder if that'll tie into something I'm going to say later. <laughs> oh, shit. Stick around to find out. It's eventually revealed that he's actually, like, middle age, despite appearing in his 20s. And he just deluded himself because he couldn't believe that he grew up without accomplishing anything. And it's mm -hmm. all very confusing. I think you can mm. guess how it ends. He doesn't make it out. Am I right? Did I get it? Am I right? So Did I get it? He escapes and then comes back. That's, that's what I said, basically. Mm. Come on, you can give me credit for that. Yeah, we didn't hear anything afterwards about that, but in 2015, Naomi Iwata put a page on his website hinting at a new series, Gregory Horror Show Mysterious Holiday, which is apparently directed more at children. The guest this time is a child, but no other hmm, real information is given. All, pretty much all of the characters are redesigned. Yeah, they're not all cubes. Like I said, Minecraft will kill you. The very concept <laughs> of Minecraft Mr. will come alive. John Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> the current owner. M. Minecraft will come after you. Do you kind of take it with a grain of salt? While in 2016 they did release, like, papercraft models of the show, and themes and oh cute i want to make them yeah it's like themes and stamps online which i'm still not entirely sure what that is but huh you mean line stamps yeah do you need me to explain what line stamps I, I, are i don't you? know what line is so i just know that there are right. stamps there sure are because i don't know whether to take it with as serious or not because he lists like a dozen things on his website that very few of them i don't know how many of them are actually fully fledged products there's like one about a dog living in a food themed world there's a one about penguin rock stars that sounds good yeah there there's a lot but the actual things that he went on to create after the show he did release a, another show i can't find too much information about it given how it wasn't localized but his most well-known show besides this is called midnight horror school <laughs> which is about children that are the ghosts of everyday discarded items that come alive at night. And his other series, Pecola, which was localized. Which is about a penguin that causes disaster by trying to help in his town. Oh no, that's really yeah. sad. He also directed a Pingu movie. Wait, really? Yeah. Or, oh my god. No, he didn't direct it. The uh, Not a oh. movie, not a movie. He directed a Pingu series. Oh. Which is, of course, CG animation. I guess he just really loves penguins. Which is odd, I don't... That's understandable. Maybe the horror of... Gregory Excuse Horror me? Show That's is odd? that there aren't any penguins. Oh, I suppose not. 
Penguins are just the mice of the Arctic. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, my friend. Your room is ready for you, just like I promised. (laughs) Yeah, the series has naturally gotten a following due to how offbeat it is. To be honest, I don't even recall how I first came across it. Which, but I've seen a few online artists, some of whom are fairly popular, cite this as a big inspiration for their work. And, of course, there's the debates of what it all means. Which, Hmm. you said that you had a theory, was it? Oh, no, I mean, I can't necessarily say what it all means for a certain, but I feel like I can put it into some context. Alright. Because they're definitely is context oh go ahead so have you have either of you by any chance heard about or heard the term the lost decade i am not Uh, familiar no i feel like i might have right so this actually ties in well because on our previous episode the lsd episode i mentioned the bubble economy that japan was in uh from you know approximately 1980 to 1990 but then following that there is a serious economic recession, which was known as the lost decade, going from 1990 to 2000. And wonder of wonder, this show came out in 1999. Mm. Uh, not to mention the fact that the lost decade is arguably a lot more than a decade, <laughs> and some say it's still ongoing. But basically, all that sense of financial and social security that uh, members of Japanese society had felt during the bubble economy all sort of started falling apart during the last decade. Uh, specifically, uh, job security, you know, was something that a lot of people couldn't manage anymore when uh, a lot of companies started taking on uh, part-time workers as opposed to full-time workers. Uh, and the Japanese nuclear family also began to fall apart. And so a lot so, of the working imagery within the show. Yes, exactly. So if, if there were a way that I were to ch- attempt to categorize this period, it would just be a lot of pressure. Name's Stephen Hanawa. Uh, I'm commuting myself. At this hour? Doesn't leave you much time to sleep. Yeah, someone's got to pay the bills. Kids are in college, the wife's rediscovering herself, so what are you going to do? Next stop, Flames of Sorrow. So, for instance, you could see uh, during the first season, you know, to workaholic businessmen, who, who feels like that sense of security that he had seen growing up isn't actually available to him anymore. Are you listening to me? And in the second season, the fact that it's uh, about an adult woman who takes... Uh, her personal job growth over becoming a housewife, or at least getting married, but I would it would I would assume it's implied to me and again know, a very Japanese motif. Yes, exactly. You know, she used to date the groom. I wonder how she feels having her ex boyfriend marry one of her best friends. So you're saying your career is more important to you than I am? All right, then. This relationship is over. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, I I think I've seen the love or money aspect that Judgment Boy has going on in all of his judgments and a few other Japanese works. I don't know if it's expressly Japanese, but... Yeah, but during that period, it was uh, definitely a a major thing for adult Japanese women who, you know, they, they felt like they were being forced, much like 
you know, men were forced into being salary men to some extent. Women were forced into being housewives and uh, society sort of goes against that, the notion of them advancing their own careers, which I feel like you can see in the second season of the show. Oh, certainly. So it's very much, I consider what I saw in the first two seasons, a very quintessential uh, lost decade psychological horror. Another theme that you see is sort of that sense of delusion because it's very much enforced that uh, the Gregory house is something of their own creation. Oh, of course. They, they outright say that this is a different reality that they have constructed in some way. Yeah, so to an extent, it's about escapism, particularly the concept of hikikomori. I don't know if oh, you guys are yeah. familiar. Yeah, that's the yeah. shut-in archetype, yeah. in a sense. That was something that became more prevalent during the last decade as well. And I could see an argument that, you know, going to the Gregory House is representative, to some extent, of becoming hikikomori to escape from societal pressure. All right. Admittedly, that, that does make a lot of sense. And a lot yeah. of what I've seen and. I've been thinking about this to some degree. I've been taking it on a more case-by-case basis. Sure. Wherein the general theme is, as you've stated, the hotel itself is purgatory, and every character represents a fear of some type, whether obvious or not. Like, it's all but stated that Gregory is representative of lost hopes, that, say, Judgment Boy represents a fear of consequences. Hell Chef is a fear of criticism given that he acts out violently whenever criticism is involved Catherine is she of the horny blood taking is a lot less obvious but <laughs> thinking about it there's this huge kind of sexual assault motif that goes on with her that's hmm. true yeah it it differs from instance to instance and i do feel like this is lost somewhat during the third series where it focuses more on the the characters within this world rather than as a reflection of the guest himself where without this ultra straight man to play off of you just get to see a bit more and you do get a sense of backstory in some of the cases but I'll, i'll admit there were some twists and turns that i didn't see also gregory raps during that season yeah. Fuck, now I need to watch it. I, I did see that. Shit. I did get to that part. Wait, get off me! Yo, yo, you gotta wake up. You're a whack MC who ain't worth your makeup. Yo, you, you better think fast before those crows decide to eat you for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get chopped on. So take that back to Compton. Yo, yeah, sit yeah, oh yeah. Fucking damn it. Now I need to watch. As yeah, um, in general, it's apparent that all the horror is very self-inflicted and the nature of the Gregory house in general is really reflective, which I think is just sort of, well, I, I don't, I don't want to, I guess, buy into my own theory all that <laughs> much necessarily, but it does feel very indicative of the sort of people, like the, the, the thought process that people who become recluses go through. Yeah, sure. There's also a bit of a minor theme of self-actualization going on. The mm-hmm. first and third yeah. seasons in particular have, a good amount of mirror imagery. Oh, don't look so depressed. Here, sit down. Even though you don't appear in these mirrors, there is one mirror that will show you who you really are. Care to look? Are you sure? Sometimes people are better off not... No, no, Mirror, do you have any real thoughts on the matter? I mean, I did see it as being 
very like Japanese in its themes in a way I'm not sure I know how to uh, articulate. I see. I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I was largely interested in the visuals. Um, I really liked a lot of the character designs. Yeah, the designs are nice to look at, even though there's a few scenes in the third season that take place in, like, broad daylight, which just looks odd to see these characters in. (laughs) Yeah. It does mean that it's aged a lot better with the stylized graphics. It also means that the PS2 game is surprisingly accurate to the show's (laughs) visuals. (laughs) Precisely. I don't know if the Mystery Holiday series would be similarly cgi the the photos that we do have are all two-dimensional even beyond the design just the way that the show is presented in general i thought was extremely unique and interesting i remember when we were watching it the best sort of comparisons i could think of were either some sort of like uh one of those like uh theme park rides where like you're on a moving thing and there's a screen in front of you something like that (laughs) Or, like, some sort of, like, FMV games, like, Game Over <laughs> compilation or something. Oh, yes. Especially, really... Yeah. Especially the beginning. It's a, that. Yeah, it's a really unique vibe with, you know, how it's in first person. It's very quickly paced. And especially with the content in which there's a lot of, like, harm and danger placed in the way of the protagonist. It just gives a really unique vibe. It sort of... It, it feels like, you know, like I said, just w- watching some sort of, like, crazy video game death compilation or something (laughs) again just like every fmv game what's an fmv game without a crazy death compilation exactly so yeah it sort of it hits those same notes to me and as someone who enjoys that kind of stuff i thought it was really captivating as a result yeah in the same vein that's probably a good portion of the game's popularity because it probably actually has a larger audience than the show itself. Given from what I've seen, a lot of it is in response to the video game. I don't know if it's because it's a more hands-on experience that's a bit more traditional, or... I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's, like, a Capcom game, and they're a pretty big name in <laughs> games, even if that, that title is a pretty obscure True. item in their library. Also, there's the fact that it was the only piece of English language media released for it, probably for some time. All right, so the DVD was released in 2004. Mm, okay. And I believe that's both the Japanese and English. I do want to take a moment, okay. because it's actually a fairly good dub. It is. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Like, you could have told me that that was just the original, and I would have believed you. It's one of those ones where the cast members either have three voice acting roles or three dozen under their belt (laughs) i mean the only other recurring theme i didn't recognize them from anything but a lot of them were apparently in hunter hunter uh huh i know and a few of them were in gundam as well but every one of them is very distinct they actually did change a few voice actors for the game which is distinct there are mixed results (laughs) they had pretty good retention though yeah, and get, who knows, since it was possibly already done, maybe they did it all at once, maybe they were just very skilled. I don't know, if you are unfamiliar with the series, I wholly recommend you check it out. I can't, rec- I, I can't 
stress it enough. There is a lot of information that we did not go over. It's a really quick watch, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, since every episode is two minutes long, you can get through the whole series in an afternoon. I don't know if that was the intended method of watching, but... <laughs> I wager... <laughs> It's time to greet our next guest. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed this series. I, I I'm sorry I don't have a lot to say. I feel like I would have, but all of my energy has just suddenly drained out of me. So I'm <laughs> I'm quite lethargic now. God, this is what happens when we reschedule. We need to make sure that we avoid any duck related like ongoings so that we get everyone at their full energy next time yeah that that's a good note for next time in the meantime thank you for listening to it's symbolic if you have a recommendation for something for us to cover we are on twitter at it's symbolic pc or on gmail at it's symbolic podcast at gmail.com we also have an instagram at it's symbolic so you can see visual aids and find out what we're talking about if you can't picture it yourself i don't know what your comprehension skills are i have faith in them yeah you might not but i know they can do a good job all right i'm jacob amir i'm ben join us next time when we let everything go to hell for the sake of some art just like my life (laughs) you can at least end one of these on a more positive note i I, I don't know i had to come up with that one on the spot i still haven't played very much of the game Oh my god, you should have left it to yeah, me then. I, I, I meant to ask before I'm forgetting you. I'm forgetting you. Are you escaping from reality? <laughs> <laughs>